0: Well, hello and welcome to the bonus material, episode number two. If you're a new listener to the show, the purpose of this new monthly episode is for listeners to be able to get a behind-the-scenes look of the revered network and the film and television industry as two friends catch each other up on the month's events. I am Zach Hamilton, and with me today, as always, is...
1: Ronnie Blevins.
0: Oh my gosh, Ronnie. That voice... (laughs) <laughs> uh, let's get right into it man let's uh i i want to know a lot we haven't actually talked it's it's funny when we first started this show i was like i don't know how this is going to work man we talk all the time so it's not really right. a lot of catching up but this month has been a little hectic for you uh so yeah, this man. is actually going to be probably the most genuine episode ever because i actually don't know what's been going on in your life man i know you moved into a new house how's that going
1: the house is great man we moved um we moved from pasadena to inglewood and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're about like a stone's throw away from the new stadium that's being built. So I don't know if you're familiar with the stadium being built in Eaglewood, but it's like, it's supposed to bring all this revenue into the, into the, uh, into the city. And I think it's like for every dollar that's being spent, I think it's like going to be like over well over a billion dollars. Um, that it's gonna bring to just like uh, the area by way of like restaurants and bars and shit like that. Oh but like for every dollar spent, I think they're they're supposed to put like five uh, like five cents goes towards the schooling. I'm not sure how that works out. So I think that there's there's certainly like a uh, a revamping of Englewood happening. So you know we we kind of came in um, you know we kind of came in uh, with with the hype of. Of Inglewood and the stadium, and and we're great, man. Everyone's cool. The house is beautiful, you know. We the, the little boy has a backyard, and it's great, man. We're just we're just we feel uh, we feel blessed, you know.
0: Backyard in Los Angeles, man. You can't really go wrong there. That's got to be nice. So. <laughs> right. Of course, there's no grass in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> make sure he wears a mask with all that pollution going on, though. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Yeah. I know it's crazy how that works with the stadium and everything. And uh, you know, it's funny when you hear Five Cents, you're like. Psh. It's like nothing, man. Greedy, but it's like when you think about a billion dollars, that's got to add up to at least a decent. I'm sure some listener will do the amount and tweet about it, but that has to be a, a fairly decent number, I would imagine, going into the school system. I think so, so man.
1: And you know, but, um, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, we're just, we're just excited, man. And, and you know, it, it kind of, it's, it's, it came at a time when, you know, I, I don't know if we talked about this on air, or off air, but like historically, the last, I, I would say, the last two years. Literally 95% of my work has come in the second half of the year, which means Mm. the first and the second quarter have been uh, kind of dog shit. And then the third and fourth, it's just pretty slammed for me. So uh, this for the third year, that's kind of the way it's been. So I'm hoping that it follows course. But, you know, the negative being that I have a lot of time you know, to myself and and, and, uh, the positive in this case being that I was able to set us up and move in and all that shit. You know? Yeah. But now it's time to get back to work, man.
0: Yeah, dude, definitely. You know, primarily I've been doing a lot of uh podcast work with Revered Network. Uh For those listeners who don't know, this is a one-man operation outside of, you know, Ronnie stepping in to do the co-host on yeah, I think bonus material. I
1: think you have a factory there.
0: <laughs> you know, it's one of those things I, I wonder. I'm like, if people look at the Instagram account, they look at the website, they're like, man, this is like what happens when a company runs a podcast. Um, so that kinda is like a, a sword like a double edged sword there. But I think the pro and con of that is like that could be considered a con because people are like, Oh, it's so disingenuous, but The pro is when you realize it's one guy doing it, you're like, fuck, man, that's kind of intense though. Not to toot my own horn, but like, I see a lot of other podcasts out there that do have a team and it's kind of interesting how different they look. But again, it adds to charm no matter how they, you know, run their sites or how they run their business. But I come from kind of a marketing background in the sense that I, you know, used to be on YouTube. So I'm very much about brand and, you know, promoting yourself as a business, you know.
1: Sure, sure. Well, you know, and you're also polished, man. You know, when I had that, when I had my podcast, it was, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I kind of just fell into the opportunity. So, you know what I mean? So I was like, a lot of it was just me fumbling and not quite knowing, you know, not only did I like, Fall into the opportunity, and I had never done it before. But I didn't set myself up for success by having a bullet, like by having like topics, like you know, like an outline, topics and stuff. So a lot of it was just me being like, "Uh," ah. I
0: don't. I don't know, man. I feel like I've really enjoyed the show, but again, like I said, there's so many different ways of doing a podcast. The way I run mine is more bulleted. There's an outline. And that's more for me to stay on track so I get everything answered that I'm, like, questions, especially with, you know, Film Revered or Music Revered because those are interviews. I want to make sure that, you know, I get as much info and also, you know, promote that guest as much as possible because, again, that's why they're on the show. Right. But at the same time, it's like there's so many different ways to do a podcast. The way that you guys ran your show, it was – it's not just charm because I don't want that to sound like a bad word. It's not a bad word. It's just like – it was, let's say this, it was way more relatable because you really felt like you were just watching two friends talk and occasionally talk to a really awesome guest. right? You know, so right, that's, right. And, I, and that's very much this show. I mean, yeah, I mean, for transparency reasons, we do have an outline. You know, as my month goes along, if anything weird or funny happens to me, you know, I make a note of it, but that's really it. It's not like we have, like, I'm not reading from a script right now, because if I was, I wouldn't be saying like as much as I am right now or you right. know, which I realize in editing audio that I say that a lot. Sorry, well, I listeners. think everyone does. So <laughs> it's when you're when you're thinking out loud, right? You can hear yourself thinking. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Um, but getting back to the fact that you know, obviously, my life runs around this podcast right now, and the occasional producer work remotely from home. Um, but you know. I, I had a really terrifying experience, and it's funny because this happened a while ago. This was episode twenty-seven, which I believe was when Lee Shorten had made his second spot on the show, which was really awesome. I love that guy's an amazing up-and-coming actor.
1: Um, Remind us what 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 he's been in recently?
0: Yeah, so Lee Shorten was uh, his most famous role was as Sergeant Yoshida in Man in the High Castle on Amazon Prime. So, but but yeah. So, anyways, so I was really excited about that episode. Um, and obviously he was too because he's got a new short film that he wrote and helped get funded, which was Kajuk. Um So we were talking about that. And so like right at the end, and it was an early morning show. Well, I, I don't want to say early morning. It wasn't early morning. It was like probably 1130. And I don't know. I had had a, a long night prior, so I'm like, you know what? I'll have a, I'll have a little hair of the dog this morning. So I had a beer at about 1130, which is not a common occurrence. I don't want people to think I'm drinking all the time before 5. Hey, Some of those uh, mid-afternoon beers are the best. <laughs> They they're quite refreshing, let me tell you. Um, oh, yeah. So
1: <laughs> It calls you. You you like you go to the fridge and, and you're you're making your son like a PB and J and it's like the cold corona's just staring at you and it's like fuck. Isn't that car alarm? That's great. I'm gonna walk the other direction. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> you're fine, brother. Um okay. but yeah, no, so basically <laughs> uh right at the end of the show I saved everything out onto the hard drives and uh I freaking spill my beer on my fucking laptop. Oh, no. I have the biggest panic attack I've ever had in my life because I have like a $2,500 MacBook Pro, which I'm not exactly proud of that. But I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to get a MacBook, like, I'm going to get the Mac Daddy. Let's, let's go big. Right, And right. so I, at the same cost, that's a very pricey replacement. So I'm like, I oh, my God. So I immediately, like, flipped it upside down. I, like, grabbed a paper towel while this is upside down. And I'm, like, dabbing all the keyboard in. It only gotten, like, a little bit on the trackpad and on the keyboard. But I'm like, dude, I don't know. You know, like, I don't know how these things are made. Like, is this going to kill it? So then I, like, yeah. I call my brother up who's, like, a huge IT guy at GoDaddy. And I'm like, well, if anyone knows what to do, this guy's going to know. So I call him up I'm like, bro, 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 bro. He's like, dude, calm down. What the hell's going on? I'm like, I'll tell you what the hell's going on. My life, my life is on this computer. He's like, okay, what happened? <laughs> and so, you know, I tell him and I'm like, yeah, man, uh, I spilled beer. He's like, you spilled beer? Couldn't have been water. No, no, you had to spill beer. He's like, all right. right. Uh, right. You know, like, what is, so what did you do? And I'm like, well, I flipped it upside down and then I dabbed it off. And then, uh, you know, now it's upside down, uh, like on a pillow like on the, on the bed. And he's like, okay. And he's like, it's open. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, just leave it like that. You know? And he, he kept telling me, he's like, well, shake it kind of slightly. Obviously don't shake it too hard and see if any, you know, liquid comes out like over a piece of paper and nothing came out. And he's like, bro, you're fine. Like if nothing came out, he's like, if a, if a lot of stuff came out, you'd be, con- I'd be concerned for you. He's like, you can turn it on. I was so paranoid. I waited like two whole days, which was even scarier because like I recorded that episode on a Friday yeah. So literally, I waited till Sunday at four o'clock. Which I mean, the episode aired Monday, so I hadn't even edited it. I didn't even know if it was gonna air.
1: So you're it's for forty eight hours, you're wondering if if you're if you're gonna be out this twenty five hundred yeah. bucks, which you don't have insurance on it.
0: I'm sure I do, and I I, I know that I have the accidental on it because I used to work for Apple way long time ago, and I'd get sure. those calls like, "Well, I didn't get the uh, the Care Plus or whatever, like the one that covered accidental damage." Like well, then you're out but of it's laptop. A, it's bro. about
1: the shit that's saved on there. It's not necessarily even about the computer. Yeah, well,
0: and the thing right? is, like, I have a hard drive. Like everything was backed out. So, but the problem is, I don't have another computer accessible in my house that would be able to run the software that I run. Plus, I'd have to download everything all over again. Like it would have just been a huge setback. The show wouldn't have been on for at least probably two weeks. And again, I just launched this new show, which we'll get into later. And so I'm like, oh God, now I got two episodes I gotta worry about if this goes to shit. So luckily it's fine for listeners that have been, you know, fortunate enough to stay with me on this this journey of this beer laptop mishap story. But uh yeah, so everything's fine. I get the occasional crunch on my space bar, which I could take it off and clean it, which I probably will. Um but I kinda leave it there as a reminder of, Hey, you were an idiot once, don't do that again. So hey,
1: shit happens, that shit happens yeah, to me man. every day. I lose contact. <laughs> I lose my iPhone once a month. I break it or lose it once a month.
0: Oh, my God. You need to get a less pricey phone, dog. So getting back to film, being as this is on Film Revere Podcast, what movies have you seen lately?
1: You know, I, I haven't been on a big movie tip. I, I might have I gotten a few in there, but I've been all about the, the binge-watching the shows. But we'll get into that. What movies have you seen
0: well, the only movie that I saw. Well, I mean, I've seen a lot. I've uh, again, I have, I have a list on my phone. I'm not, I'm not gonna pull it out this time. I feel like it's cheating. Um, but one that I will definitely uh, talk about is the Lost City of Z, which was a really big movie when it came out. I, for whatever reason, never got around to watching it. I always planned on it, but I never did. It is such a phenomenal film, just the way that it's actually filmed, the cinematography of it, the story of it. And if you're unaware of what The Lost City of Z is about, it's basically a film that's based on the true story of a British explorer named Colonel Percival Fawcett. And what's interesting about this guy is he made a lot of trips uh, to the Amazon in search of this Lost City of Z is what he called it. But on his last trip, he actually ended up mysteriously disappearing. And so there's been so many different reports of did he die? You know, did like the Indians, you know, kill him or did he, you know, survive and live amongst the Indians or, you know, whatever. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting like folklore. Who, who stars
1: in it, brother? Can you tell me who stars so, in it? So, yeah,
0: Charlie Hunnam is the lead. He plays, uh, you know, Percy Fawcett. Um, and then I believe his name's Jack Fawcett which is obviously Percy Fawcett's son, um, is played by Tom Holland, which everyone knows from Spider-Man now because he plays a new Spider-Man in the MCU. Um, And then even Robert Patterson's in there from frickin' uh, Twilight series. But he actually is really good. It's a very different role for him. You know, he's not glistening like diamonds in the sunlight. He's sweating like crazy. He's got mosquitoes biting his ass. He's got a big burly beard. Uh,
1: Glistening like diamonds.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, that's how vampires are, at least in Twilight. Which I feel like I already know too much that I know that, but you know, whatever. We've all had we've all had our significant other we had to go suffer through those movies with. I'm not alone.
1: Well, Charlie Hunnam is a is a pretty cool guy, Um, and and I'm pretty welcome. I'm 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 excited that they keep giving him opportunities because he's had a couple of movies that that opened or I should say didn't open. And I kept wondering, oh, my God, is this guy going to not get another opportunity to do a movie? But I time-
0: love Charlie Hunnam as an actor. I think that guy is phenomenal uh, and in a lot of ways a little underrated because I feel like if you aren't a fan of his TV work, then you may only know him from his movies. And again, as you had said, they're not all perfect hits, although he does have some great films under his belt, too. But I mean, like that guy spent... God, what was it? Probably seven or eight years. I know the show was on for seven seasons, but I'm sure he was working on it well before the first season launched of Sons of Anarchy. And he was the lead in that as Jax Teller. And he did such a phenomenal job. And I'll tell you, that's one of the very few shows I've actually watched from season one through the final season live. You know, like a lot of shows you kind of catch up You're like, oh, I heard about the show in its second season and now I watch a lot. But that's one of the few ones I actually watched from the very beginning. And like, I didn't even realize he was British. Like he does such an amazing American, you know, rough, grizzly kind of a- like yeah. accent. You're just like, man, that yeah, that guy's like a hardcore, like, you know, American right there. And he, he's totally not.
1: Yeah well he found a he found a perfect register to stay in if you if you listen to him he kind of stays he kind of stays in this this very narrow uh register, you know what I mean, and he worked on it a lot he got voice coaches you know um uh and you know i think it's it, as far as like success happening to nice people it, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy he was such a sweet sweet guy, you know.
0: Well, this is this is kind of you're kind of leading up to what I want to talk about here, is the fact that I've recently re- started rewatching Sons of Anarchy. I'm rewatching the show. I do that a lot with shows. That I usually have mine in the background. Um, so I'm rewatching Sons because, as many people who are fans of SoA know, uh, Kurt Sutter's new show, which is Mayans MC, launches September 4th. In case you're wondering, uh, which is a spinoff series based on the Mayans. Uh, in Sons of Anarchy. So it'll be all about a southern chapter of the Mayans that are kind of on the Cali-Mexico border. Um, So I'm kind of like, and it takes place at the very end, like I think it's like four years after the events of Sons of Anarchy's final season. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rewatch it. But what I wanted to say was I'm watching the first, I was watching the first season recently and we had talked about this before, and I, I totally space cadetted it. And, you know, you see Charlie Hunnam, he's coming up out. I'm describing a scene for the listeners that are curious. So you see Charlie Hunnam come up on the scene of a truck accident, you know, a big oil rig. And... uh and he's coming up on this truck accident, and you see this guy just flailed out, like ejected from the, the cab, mm-hmm. and he's just laying on the hood of the car, which I can't imagine was uh, cool, it's probably hot as hell, um, in the sun, and that person happened to be freaking Ronnie Blevins, and you're like a main part of that episode's story. So that was hilarious, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forget that Ronnie's in like practically freaking everything, but yeah man, tell me all about what it was like being on Sons of Anarchy for that episode. Again, you had started to talk about how, you know, you had obviously talked to Charlie Hunnam, and that's probably why, because of this show.
1: You know, when I came on, it was like um, it was like the fourth or fifth episode in the, in, the, uh, in the first season. So they hadn't, no one knew. Literally, when, when we were around talking between scenes, it was like, uh, you know, we hope we get picked up for a second season. You know, so far the ratings are good. We hope people continue to watch. Like, these are all these, all these badass tough actors were, like, were, like, the most humble, like, cool guys, and they were all just, they were all kind of, you just got this sense that they were earnestly wondering and hoping that their their uh, their show found legs. You know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, and compared to where it, le- you know, where it left off seven seasons later, you know what I mean? Uh you know, I think that uh, I don't know humble beginnings. By way of like these these actors, really, really just kind of hoping for the best. Um, and everyone was super nice. You know, Charlie was great. I think Ryan Hurst was on the show at that time. Um, yeah, man, I, 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 Charlie was just super, super cool, um, and um, just a super nice guy. I actually lent him a. There's a great Art Linton book uh, called I think it's called What Just Happened. They made a movie about it, and. Um, and it's all about his life in Hollywood. And, of course, Art Linson is one of the producers on the show. So uh, I was telling Charlie at the time um, that, uh, you know, that he, I, I had this book that he had written. And then, you know, and I lent it to him, right? And uh, we just kind of made fast friends. And he was just a sweet guy who just kind of got a sense that was really excited about this show that had uh, pure potentiality but hadn't gotten there yet, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, like that guy's his career just went insane off, off of Sons, which, you know, that doesn't always happen when you're on a show for that long. It's very easy to kind of potentially get typecasted or not be able to find work, which is kind of funny. You don't think about that. But he was doing movies while he was even on the show. He was still doing movies because I think he did Pacific Rim while they were still doing Sons, which is another big film for him. I think he's going through the Gary Oldman phase of losing his accent though and being in California as long as he was, because it's funny you see him on, you know, Conan or, you know, The Late Show or whatever, and you know, in the beginning of Sons of Anarchy and he's very British, and that's where people are like, Oh my god, he's British. And then you see him like by season seven of Sons, and it's like every other word may have a British accent, but the rest of it he sounds kind of American. And again, that's kind of what's going to happen when you live in America and you do a show where you're forced to do an American accent for freaking seven years. It's kind of hard well, not to lose also your accent.
1: You got to practice, bro. I mean, you have to stay in practice too. And, and if you stay in practice long enough, you can effectively lose it. And then you know, and then there's also you don't want to lose it because you want to keep. You know, it's a, it's a hard thing to kind of. It's a hard thing to kind of uh, go back and and forth between. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I can tell you that I, you know, I was I was married to a Scottish woman for for about a year and, and that was the big thing she was an actress it's like you you know you kind of like stay in one or the other it's hard to cycle back and forth otherwise you're gonna have like a, a weird amalgamation of two you know
0: oh yeah um you know kind of getting back to you though like what TV show, you had mentioned you've been binge watching shows what shows have you been watching
1: I've watched Glow the season two which is amazing I don't know if you're a Mark Maron fan
0: a uh, huge Mark Maron fan I mean like his his podcast
1: Sorry right, man, this is like Son, you gotta come here, a little flat, baby. Please just fight. Sorry, right, dude. This is like my reality right now. I'm so sorry. This is why let me pause this one more time. This is this is what I'm trying I've been trying to avoid when I've had to um when I've had to cancel. You know what I'm saying? And I've pushed it back. But that, this morning I was like, fuck it, I'll just give it a shot.
0: Don't worry about it, man. It's all good. Yeah, so, okay, but yeah cool. Glow Season 2 uh, Glow is amazing I, I freaking love that show I mean it's such an interesting concept but dude Mark Maron yeah that guy Mark freaking Marin, legend I mean, man he's so hysterical yeah, here's a
1: guy here's a guy who who was bouncing around being an actor and a comedian and, and, and very very modest success and then uh, kind of said fuck it you know I'm, I'm. he was at the he was one of the pioneers in the podcast world and of course his, his podcast blew up and 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 uh, and, you know, he's the best conversationalist, he's interested, he'll, he has the best questions. As a result of his podcast, his, he got a show, which is probably, like, you know, you know, one of the first times that's happened, you know. But that's what a lot of these guys are doing now, is that they have their podcasts, and, and, and they're building their, their clientele, especially, particularly the comedians. They're building their... Their uh, fan base on the show, and then actually using the show to build their, you know, to build their fandom when they go out on tour. So I- I'm excited. I've never met or worked with Mark, but I'm a fan, and it's just one of those shows that kind of came out of nowhere, it, it, and it, it, it's highly original. I don't think it's as good as the first season. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, but I enjoy it. Um, another one we've been watching is Handmaid's Tale, uh, and I know that like if, you know. I was a big fan of the first season. I started watching the second season. I wasn't, I, I was about to shut it off because I was like, you know what? I, 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 the conceit was just too big for me. I just couldn't buy it. It is pretty rough. It.
0: It's 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 pretty intense. I'm not going to lie. Like it's it's a it's a hard show to stomach.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't buy into the fact that this would happen. It was so dark and depressing. I almost shut off, but then I kind of hung in there. And I'm glad I did because it really, really, um, it's really something special. I mean, it's really something
0: special. You know, uh, wait, have you seen it? Uh, I. It's one of those shows I've had a lot of guests talk about it, like in pre-show uh, talks. You know, I, for listeners, again, this is kind of a behind-the-scenes podcast. You know, a lot of times when you know I do a, a guest interview, you know, we kind of talk for about five to ten minutes, and that's just to kind of make them feel comfortable. Um, and so we usually talk about random stuff, and TV shows come up a lot. And um, but yeah, Hand Man's Tale has been mentioned a lot to me. But again, I also know that the premise of the show, and it's like, it's pretty freaking rough. And I mean, I, I I'm a big horror fan, so I'm used to seeing some pretty dark you know material. But it's just like, it's a TV show, man. So it's like a constant. You're dealing with that on more than just two hours. It's like multiple seasons. I mean, obviously, I know there's more of a story arc to it, and that and it adds to the reasonings and it makes you yes. feel. Kind of like a sense of victory, depending on how the story plays out. Where it's like this is what they've overcome, and you feel like you've kind of almost experienced that with them in seeing that. But it's just like it's really dark subject matter. I'm not sure if I'm quite at that point where I'm willing to sit down and watch that. But yeah, um, man,
1: it's definitely dark. It's definitely dark.
0: Yeah. Well, and I just you know real quick, just because I, it, it intrigued me when you mentioned you know Mark Maron. I mean, again, you can't talk about that guy enough. But uh, you know, you talk about how he's one of those uh you know original podcasters are one of the very you know early founding fathers of podcasting it's like he's up there with kevin smith because a lot of people don't realize like kevin smith has been doing this for a really really long time but kevin smith's whole you know smodcast empire um that spawned off of smodcast the podcast um is also one of those things that's kind of insane but what's funny you mentioned he got a show right literally the whole i would argue the whole true north trilogy that kevin smith's been working on right now films which includes tusk yoga hosers and then the third film which hasn't released yet which is moose jaws which is exactly what it sounds like it's jaws but instead of a shark it's a massive moose killing people That's hilarious. Which sounds hilarious and in canada of course so that'll be great but you know that whole movie that started that was tusk and that's such an interesting story about that because I was a huge fan. I still am. of Smodcast. It's actually part of the reason why I went to the school I went to. They were sponsored by the school I went to. School for uh, visual effects. Um, oh, they were sponsored wow. by them. But I was listening to this episode and they start talking about this creepy ass Craigslist ad. I think it was like it was. It was. I don't think it was actually Craigslist, but it was one of those kind of like want ads. And it was this guy who wanted someone to live in his house and they didn't have to pay rent but they did have to wear a walrus costume and catch fish and bark like a walrus for at least two hours a day. Um, But then the rest of the time, you know, they have free reign of the house. And so that's what, and that was a real actual ad um, that they had stumbled upon. So they're talking about it on the podcast and then they're like, man, this would be a great movie. Then they start basically brainstorming the idea of a horror film where instead of it being, you know, you wear, cause they, they joke about that. They're like, You know, eventually him wearing like the person wearing the costume is not going to be enough. Like you're going to end up getting like locked in that costume. Then he's not going to let you out of it. Like eventually the two hours he's going to want more. And so like, God, this sounds like the most like scary horror film. And so they start talking about Tusk and they're like trademark that. And so they talk about for like 30 minutes. And then literally, I think it was within a year, they started production on the movie Tusk. Which was based off of that whole podcast section on their show, Smodcast. So you get to see the evolution of that, huh? Which is so nuts, right? Like, it's very rare that you get right. to see that point of, like, that, uh, that light bulb moment. And to hear it on a podcast is so insane.
1: Dude, that is such an original idea, man. That is amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. I've never seen a movie. I didn't know what it was about
0: it's weird man and you know i it's it's such a great film uh but i remember i was at work and my friend went to see it opening night and i wasn't able to go because i was working and uh i'm like god man i want to see this and he texted me the photo of the walrus you know like the and kind of you know spoiler obviously but the end of the film and I had no idea what to expect. Again, it's Kevin Smith, but at the same time, he also did the movie Red State, which was freaking phenomenal and not a comedy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but man, when I saw that photo, I'm like, I have to see this film. This is fucked up right now. Is Justin
1: Long in that film?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, Justin Long's in it. And then the I guess you would say the villain of the piece, the old man who wants you to dress up like a walrus, uh, <coughs> excuse me, is the famous actor Michael Parks, yeah. Well,
1: so. Art, right, rest in peace.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Legend. Wait,
1: so was Justin the guy that had to wear the the tusk mask?
0: Kind of something like that. Like, again, the the film takes a departure from the actual Craigslist ad because what they had talked about was, like, the what if. You know, like, what if this happened? Instead of, like, you know, him wearing a costume, he turned him in to a walrus. So it takes on a very human centipede, um, you know, right. vibe. And, again, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it is really interesting. Haley Joel Osment's in there um, as well you know,
1: Justin is another one of those guys, man, who like any success that happens to him, you can like, uh, you can take comfort knowing that it's happening to like one of the truly remarkably nice guys, you know,
0: definitely. yeah. It's a
1: sweet guy, dude. And he has like, he doesn't chase anything. Like, like he, we we did this film today. Uh, we did this film that's called the wave, which I'm super proud of. It's not out yet. And so we got to work together for a few weeks, uh, uh, late last year. And, um, and oh my God, dude, quit, like fast friends was the coolest guy, man. And this guy, dude, he just takes it as it comes. Like, you know, it's like, he, he'll get a call. Like you want to, you want to, you want to be in the series maybe? and like, you, you know, you got to come to a chemistry read. And he's like, uh, can we just not do the chemistry read? Like he, it's not that he doesn't have ambition. He is just fine and he only gets up and does what he really wants to do if it doesn't totally excite him he just won't do it you know what i mean yeah which there's a there's a i mean of course the flip side of that is you could you know you could say well you know it must be nice to have that that
0: to be able to do that
1: well i'm but, sure uh,
0: he still faces risk in that too i mean again sure you can sure, only turn down so sure. many projects before you end up in the poor house so right right right
1: exactly so but uh, anyway, not to derail us, but the Justin Long, nice guy. I've got to see that film, dude. I hear, I hear ideas like that, like, uh, like, um, and I think to myself, dude, I wish I would have thought of that, man. You know, right.
0: I'll have to I'll, I'll I'll text you the podcast episode. I think I know for the longest time they had the actual 30 minute excerpt on the Tusk website, but I don't even know if that's around anymore. Um, but I'll get the podcast episode number so you can check that out, because yeah, yeah, it is really fair. interesting to hear the episode or to hear like that section and then to watch the film. You're like, holy shit, like that happened. Like that's real. Like this is an actual film that then birthed two other movies because it's the whole True North trilogy. Um, which, again, you could say the same thing that you say about Justin Long with Kevin Smith, with him doing only movies he wants to do. So real quick, though, before we get into because I want to hear about your recent auditions as well as some upcoming work, as we'd mentioned with The Wave. Um, but I do want to kind of take a moment. Last bonus material. If you haven't checked it out, do check it out. Again, it's on the Film Revere podcast. So Just go through the episodes. They're not numbered um, so you'll see it. It'll say bonus material, but I had teased the new show. And I do want to talk about that, uh, today here on the podcast. Cause at the time I was like, I'm not gonna tell you what it's about, uh, or what it is, but there's a new show cause it was airing that same week. So the new show, which has now launched four episodes since the last bonus material is the music revered podcast, which is now Ooh, the second yeah. podcast on the revered network. Um, this has been a roller coaster, and I had talked about the overwhelming uh, response I got when I had mentioned the idea. I had reached out to some of my publicist, uh, you know, acquaintances and contacts, and I was just shocked at the response I was getting, the people I was able to get on the show, the people I've booked for the show coming up in the next coming months, um, has just been so overwhelming and so exciting. But, uh, yeah. So for those who haven't checked it out, music revere podcast is accessible on iTunes, Google play music, and pretty much other, every other platform. Now it's not on Spotify, like film revered, but I'm looking to get that on Spotify within the next probably month.
1: And I can attest to the fact it's fantastic. Uh, uh, I love it, man. And kudos to
0: your guests you can get. Dude, it's it's been surreal. So the past lineup, as far as guests that have been on the show so far, we had Julia Ross, who was also in the major, huge, uh, you know, pop rock band uh, Everlife, which is a, one of those Disney groups. Um, and she also has an amazing solo career. So she was on, she was on the first episode. And then on the second episode, we had Jeff Russo, who's the lead guitarist and one of the co-songwriters for the band Tonic, which is a huge band as well. And then kind of just going in that 90s vein for the first month, we ended up getting, uh, I got uh, Brian Van Der Ark, who's the lead singer uh, and songwriter for Verve Pipe, which is another huge freaking band. And then you had... How this... are you
1: getting all the guests?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I'll tell you the biggest one I've had on the show so far is the last one that aired uh, this past Friday, like a couple days ago, which was Robin Wilson of the Jim Blossoms. That was a that was a surreal moment. Um, so it started off. I had a publicist that I had worked with prior on Film Revered who represented both actors and musicians and so when I came up with the idea I'm like well I need to get guests on the show and this is totally different because I'm not in the music industry so I don't have contacts like I did for Film Revered so I reached out to him I was like hey uh what do you think about you know Julia Ross being on the show which was a musician that he represented and so that started the ball rolling and then and it was it was a really it was a lucky moment for me because Jeff Russo was already booked to be on Film Revered so – because he's a massive composer. The guy does the music for Fargo, Star Trek Discovery, like a lot of major television shows um, as well as movies. And uh, so he was already going to be on the show to talk about his, his work as a composer. And so I, I messaged his publicist who I have a great working relationship with. And I was like, hey, uh, what do you think about him being on this new show I'm developing called Music Revere Podcast? And keep in mind that this show was pretty far out. It wasn't – we were talking about this about three weeks before it even aired. And I'm like, how would you feel about him being like on the second episode? He can be on both shows. And she threw the idea to him and kudos to Jeff Russo because he was willing to do them both. So we did both interviews back to back. And that really helped because then I had a huge guest with Tonic, you know, like I had Jeff Russo from Tonic. So Was was it your first guest? he was a second, he was a second guest. I wanted to go with someone who was a little lesser known for the first one, um, which is something that I am doing. And that's not anything against the artists that I have on the show, but I, am trying to, you know, three episodes of the month will be major artists. And then one episode will be like an up and coming artist that I really think is going to have like an amazing career that you may not know already. Um, to just kind of like encourage new artists and to encourage new music to listen to. um, but so I did that with Julia Ross, and then I had Jeff Russo. And so when I started sending out the emails to publicists, that I was getting information for uh, from just other people that I knew. I was getting their emails, and uh, so I'm sending out these emails, and I'm like, hey, you know, this is the lineup. I have these two guests. And so then when I I got Brian Vander Ark, so then I added him to the upcoming guest list. So every email I'm sending out, I'm like, hey, these are the upcoming guests in the show. And so people are seeing like, oh, this is Jeff Russo. Uh, from tonic oh this is brian van from verpa so people are seeing who's on the show and that really helped get the next guest because it just kept kind of going forward and then once the show launched and now you can actually listen to their episodes that only helped catapult it forward i mean to tease this a little bit more uh next month uh, i'm working with a new publicist and i get along great with this guy he's an amazing uh character um, but he represents a lot of really interesting groups. And so uh, next month in August, you're going to have Yellow Card, the lead singer of Yellow Card, Ryan Key, on the show, as well as the lead singer uh, from Blue October, which is Justin Furstenfeld. So both those guys are going to be on the show next month, which is freaking insane.
1: Wow, dude. Congratulations, man. Look at you, brother.
0: <laughs> it's nuts. It is, uh, it's so weird, man. Like with film like when i talk to you i feel so comfortable man i mean again we're also friends right But if i talk to any person in the film industry like i can riff on that i know film. right and with the music industry like we touched on like i've been in bands you know i play guitar but i'm ne- not anywhere near remotely even an amateur musician so it's a new world for me but I, i'm i've always been a huge admirer of music sure um, sure yeah yeah of course man those
1: are the best Those are the best, uh, I think, interviewers because you're coming from a real place of 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 interest and intrigue. You take on the 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 uh, listener who are tuning in, and most of which are probably tuning in because they're they're fans of the of the artist. You know what I mean? So, um, and you know, goes back to like Mark Maron or Kevin Smith. Yeah, these guys are these guys are great at what they do because they're they're fans. You know what I mean?
0: Well. Yeah, fan first, right? And that definitely kind of helps a lot. Um, And it's always great because I think the biggest thing for me with this show, and I've talked about this before, is it's always something that I wanted people to – I wanted to share people's stories. Even if you maybe didn't know the guests in the show, I wanted you to hear a story that was like, man, I need to check that guy out because it's such an – because so many people have so many great stories, and I just wanted to have a platform to share amazing stories and also give kind of like lift the curtain – on the stage and give you a behind-the-scenes look of both the film industry and now with the music industry. Sure. Um, But, you know, as we touched on, uh, we were talking, obviously, before the show, uh, something that's insane, though, that I've noticed is musicians make for great guests. Oh, my gosh. And that's nothing to disparage any of the guests I've had on Film Revered. I mean, God, we're coming up on episode 30, which is insane. Um, But for whatever reason, I feel like maybe it's because music comes from a real place and that the whole point of being a musician or the whole goal of being a musician is to tell like a real story, to share like a real moment, you know, to really connect with your audience uh, and through your music and where acting, I think is a little different because your whole purpose is to, you know, help tell someone else's story. But in a way you're acting, like it's not like you're genuine to the performance, but it's not really you. You know right. you're playing a character, and I think it's so easy for a lot of guests. And I'm not saying any guests in particular, but I think it's really easy if someone gets nervous as an actor on a podcast or in an interview to kind of turn it on and almost become an actor. And that's kind of like sure. a safe, you know, barrier. Whereas with musicians, there's no barrier, man. Like you listen to the Brian Vander Ark episode or the Robin Wilson one that just aired, and like it's a little scary as an interviewer because we go to some real places that I wasn't expecting, but I love it because like, you just get to really know these musicians. And again, these are musicians that are on a major stage. Um, Right. And to be able to hear these real stories is insane.
1: Right. Yeah. I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, I think that, and, and also it might be that actors are maybe they, uh, they spend more. Tell me about your kind, Ronnie. (laughs) (laughs) I think they they probably spend, spend more time. Uh, you know, doing the interviews, so maybe that that sort of numbs them out, and maybe the uh, musicians are are less inclined to do an interview, or less inclined to be asked to do an interview. So they when when it happens, they get they get excited. You know what I'm saying? They get yeah. You know, like I said, man, people love to talk about themselves, and that's not even I'm not even saying that as a bad thing. You know, it's just it just kind of is what it is. You know, not everyone, but you know, generally, if you're an artist, I think an actor, a musician, you know, on some level you got into it, uh, you know what I mean? uh, Because at some point you felt like you needed more attention
0: or you wanted more attention.
1: I feel like a lot of middle child, you know, middle childs get into acting, you
0: know? (laughs) Yeah, right. The neglected ones. Um, Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I love it because I learn a lot that's something I always talk about. I, you know, I knew a lot, I knew a fair amount of the film industry having been a part of it and also just being a a huge fan and going to school for it. Um, And again, there's always so much more you can learn. I'm still way new in the industry, but in interviewing so many different people from so many different backgrounds with so many different roles, you learn so much about the industry that maybe you didn't know, especially with like, I remember when I first started having composers on the show, I didn't know anything about film score you know to the degree that I needed to interview someone so I had to do so much research and and having those people on the show or hell even having Bobby Holland Hanted, who's like one of the premier stuntmen out there you learn so much and I think that's what's so exciting about Music Revered is like I'm learning so much and so are the listeners you know through these episodes you learn so much about some of your favorite musicians and I think that's just such a great way to really that's why I love podcasting man I'm having a moment here but that's why I love podcasting it's real me and Ronnie are talking right now, and I talk a lot, so I'm sorry, Ronnie. Um, but you know, this is just us talking.
1: I'm grateful that you're talking a lot because when you're, uh, oftentimes when you're talking, I'm, I'm telling my baby to stop riding the cat or something like that. You know, <laughs> which I literally just did. I literally said, "Leo, you cannot ride the cat."
0: Oh my god! You know, you imagine a dog, but not a cat. So yeah, kudos your cat. to your cat for like not clawing him to death um well that's pretty much it on music revere again there's some great guests that are coming up before obviously august uh next or i guess technically this week because this airs on monday um so this week we have nick thorburn who was a frontman of the band the unicorns and the more popular band islands so he's my up-and-coming artist for this month uh, and then after him i have keith murray who's the front man of We Are Sciences, which is an amazing, amazing indie rock group. And then we go into the August uh, lineup, which is going to feature Ryan Key from Yellow Card and Justin Furstenfeld from Blue October. And then the up and coming artist for that month is going to be Chasing Jonah. Uh, Ashley is an amazing artist, so I'm super excited to have her on the show as well. Um so, yeah, so there's a lot of really, really fun stuff coming up for Music Revered. So, obviously, you know, this is on the Film Revere podcast, and that's why we talk film on the show for the most part, but it's always good to give a shout-out to other stuff that, you know, we're working on here at the Revered Network. Um, and I say we, I don't know, I, I think I got into the... the. Well, I you know, it is a we, because, you know, Ronnie's here with me, and Ronnie is technically, you know, he's part of the family, he's part of the Revered Network family, we do a show together. Um, so there is more that's than one right. of us, but...
1: Well, yeah. and you mean the collective we, like the the fans, cl- yeah, the
0: royal we, <laughs> yeah,
1: the, the the listeners, they're a part of the journey, yeah.
0: so you know, yeah, the listening, oh man, there you go. When I say we, I mean myself and the listeners, exactly. man, I love that. I'm gonna write that down. That's gonna become a shirt now.
1: Right? Uh, did I wear my hat?
0: I wear my. I love my merch. Are, are people buying that? Well, the hats aren't actually available to the public. I've thought about doing some different hats and that the ones that you have, like that, the, those kind of hats be exclusive and then maybe doing like some beanies or toques if you're from Canada um, that have like the little FR logo or the MR logo for Music revered um, right. and selling those in the merch store. But that's another thing too. The merch store is up and running again. Uh, so if you're really a big fan of the show and want to you know, get a, a Film revered podcast tee or a Music revered podcast t-shirt, uh, or if you're like a deep, huge fan and understand that the inside joke, and it's not really a joke, it's just the inside line that is the eight, which basically is kind of a thing that we've come across between music review and film review that most people in the film industry or music industry knew they wanted to be in that industry at eight years old. So in honor of that, and my, yeah, man, it's insane. You listen to the episodes, like almost all of my, yeah, when I was eight years old, even Robin, literally this last, this last Friday was like, yeah, I really knew at eight years old is always eight. Uh, And so I had talked to Brian about it and I'm, and he's like, you know what, we should call it the eight. And I'm like, you know what, we should. And so now there's the eight Tea, which is the first of the uh, custom shirts in the merch store? And the 8T has an awesome little design on it, and it's, it's basically states started to create at eight. So it's kind of like an inside nod to it. fans of the I'll show. Get.
1: I wonder how true that is. That's almost like the uh, 28, which is when a lot of these. do uh,
0: come on, God, why are we gonna go back to me dying, <laughs> man? Jeez, you know, we're having this wonderful moment about like this creativity that happens at eight years old, and you got to bring it back to like, oh, by the way. Uh, next year, you better you better fail miserably and not become a success because otherwise you're gone. It's just another
1: important number,
0: you know. God, I hate you so much, Ronnie. Sometimes you son of a. Bitch. I'm not speaking. Of, I'm
1: not talking about you. I'm talking more like <laughs> Kurt Cobain and.
0: Uh, yeah, you know. You're just talking about really talented people, not myself. I I, I see where you're dealing with that. Uh. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, kind of getting off of myself. In my company, uh, let's talk about some Ronnie action here. So what are some of the auditions that you can talk about that you've been on recently? You talked about, you know, this is the second quarter. It's time to get back into the, you know, acting chair. Uh, what are, some, what are the, some of the stuff you've been working on and auditioning for?
1: Well, auditioning, uh, you know, I, 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 there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> um, uh, I went out for this, this uh, swamp thing i think the dc universe is doing this swamp thing you know dc universe is now doing Ronnie,
0: don't freak me the hell out right now and tell me that you auditioned for something for swamp thing really Why? are you a fan yes and i'm a huge fan of what you're going to talk about tell tell listeners about this dc thing you're about to talk about right now
1: well i don't know much about it uh because i was a little uh, I, I was a little confused when i saw that there wasn't a network attached but um I guess DC Universe is doing their own streaming services now, like not to you know, sort of like a Hulu or a Netflix, um, and they're just going to do their own content, and everything's going to be under their umbrella. And um, so I went off of that. Um, but what can you tell? Maybe you can tell me more about it. Is that what it is? It's their own thing. So
0: yeah. So what you're talking about, I think is I think the name right now they're going with is think is just literally DC Universe it's phenomenal because not only is it a streaming service so yes it is a streaming service that has like a bunch of movies that are just dc licenses not necessarily done by dc directly but you know like the old superman and uh what is it uh lois and clark uh that series with uh dean kane and um right cannot terry hatcher i think it was who was in that i think that was her name um but yeah so they have like a lot of stuff they have like the batman beyond series i think is going to be on there and batman the animated series like a lot of like the old catalog and also new catalog of like dc licensed shows will be on there on top of uh dc original shows which on top of swamp thing another one that people are really excited about is teen titans a live action series for teen titans which is going to be freaking insane do
1: you think there's a risk involved for them
0: uh it it's hard to say i mean disney just acquired hulu through their fox merge um or uh, acquiring parts of uh 20th century fox so they now own a major stake in hulu so i don't know if they're just going to revamp hulu to be like a disney service and they'll just add it'll be disney or they'll just keep hulu and then add all their disney catalog to hulu um but it is kind of the way that business is going and I think the interesting thing that DC Universe is doing that kind of helps with that calculated risk is not only are they doing content that's media-related content like television shows and films, but they're also doing comics, like digital comics. So you can like read a bunch of digital comics with your subscription as well that are DC Comics. So I think that's a really oh, added bonus cool. there. Yeah, So there's and there's other stuff too. I think you get discounts in a merch store. Again, I don't know about that last part, but I'm sure there's something to that effect.
1: I wonder if Kevin Smith is going to be involved.
0: Well, you know, he wrote he he's he's written for DC a lot. He did a whole stretch on the uh, the Green Arrow comic series. He had a whole story on that. He also did uh, Batman Cacophony uh, with his good friend uh, Walt Flanagan, who did all the illustrations. So, yeah, very steep. And then obviously he works on the DC TV series as a guest director. Like, that's probably why you mentioned him.
1: Right, right, yeah, I, I imagine they'll invite him to do something. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess another way to keep everything in-house, you know, complete ownership, you know
0: definitely can see your point there. But I think as far as control, it definitely, I, I think DC has done a phenomenal job with their television universe. Their films are struggling, which we've talked about it before on the show, and I hope that it comes around. I mean, obviously Wonder Woman's doing great and if they can move in a direction and kind of capitalize on what was successful for Wonder Woman with their other, um, you know, IP, I think could be great. But, um, you know, having a DC controlled television show is kind of interesting because they know the lore, you know, like, it's DC Comics. Like, they, they understand those characters better than anyone else, so to have them be in a more controlling position with their content could be a, a great thing, too. Because it could sure. end up being way more true to the actual source material. Sure. So we'll see.
1: Um, have you not seen Goliath?
0: It's in It's in my queue.
1: Dude, you got to watch that. I mean, I, it's almost better than and Ozark. It's so
0: damn good. It's Dude, so Billy Bob good. Thornton, man. Legend
1: i was so i was supposed to go hang out with him last night
0: what okay yeah. hold on tell me more what's going on here what what
1: well you know i, I uh, a buddy of mine is david gordon green and and he and he directed him in a film uh with sandra bullock and uh and uh so i i said i i reached out to david because i had just watched season two of goliath i was like david dude what was it like working with billy And, uh, cause he's like my hero. I mean, I fucking love him, you know? Dude, amazing. uh, Yeah. And, uh, and he was like, he was great, man. I'm going to go see him on July 14th. Uh, His band, the Box Cutters is coming. And then he goes, you you should come. And then, uh, so, uh, it it occurred to me, I was like, Oh my God, it's July 14th. So I reached out to David and he, he ultimately had been like, uh, in session all day. I think he's composing. Maybe he's finishing the, the finishing touches on, Halloween, I'm not sure, but he was working on something. He was like, dude, I'm too tired to go out. And I was
0: like, Oh no. Oh man. Like, I don't care if you're tired. Yeah. You drag your tired ass out. All right, we're doing this.
1: Yeah. That's what I said. I said, well, are you in the orchestra? <laughs> I said, Or were you in a cushy chair
0: if I can telling people what to do? <laughs> Oh my God, right? Yeah. Oh God, that's hilarious. So I I just kind of wanted to end the show with kind of just talking about upcoming work that people can kind of look forward to. I'm really excited. And it's one of those things in the business where you may rap on a show or a film like a year ago, and then now it comes out. And that's kind of the case right now. Uh, The very first film I ever got to work on um, was Alpha, which at the time was named The Salutrian. Uh, which then was renamed and also subsequently delayed. Uh, It was supposed to come out September of last year, but now it's coming out this year, uh, I believe August 17th, but I'll get you the real date on that. But uh, I'm super stoked about that. Wait, what's it called? It's called Alpha.
1: Oh, dude, I'm excited for that, brother. I'm excited for that.
0: Yeah, so it tells kind of the uh it tells a story, uh well, the actual IMDB is talking about like a story of survival set twenty thousand years ago during the Ice Age, but what it really is is kind of like in a way telling the tale of how man became or how dog you know, how dogs became man's best friend and that he befriends a wolf, which you can see in the trailer, I'm not spoiling anything there. Um the cinematography is amazing. Uh, The director also did the uh, film Book of Eli. Uh, It's Albert Hughes, um, which obviously people probably know the Hughes brothers as directors, both of them phenomenal. Um, But that's a really cool film that's coming out and it comes out on official date is August 17th. So I was correct on that. Very exciting. Um, And then another film that i am worked on, and this one's exciting because I actually have shots in here that you can actually see. The other one I did more um, behind-the-scenes work. I did a lot of, like, uh, stereo packaging and stuff like that, more vendor-related stuff. But uh, this film I actually worked on. You can actually see some of my scenes in. Um, Again, I'm not an actor, so I'm talking about visual effects here. (laughs) Uh, I'm not like Ronnie. You're not going to see my beautiful face on the screen. But – is The Darkest Minds, which I'm really excited for that, Um, which, again, was written by the amazing author uh, Alexandra Bracken. And she's phenomenal. I've actually talked to her a couple times on Twitter. Um, But that comes out, I believe, earlier than that. It comes out on August 3rd.
1: Dude, look at you, man. you got a lot of shit coming up the next few weeks.
0: It's exciting. I'm very excited. I I know my family is going to hopefully go to the theater and support those movies. Um, I'm really excited for alpha, man. I feel like, I feel like it could be a sleeper, man. Like I've seen so much of the film, obviously that's kind of what happens when you work on these things. Um, but it's just visually, and you can get that from the trailer, just visually. It's so stunning. I cannot wait. To see. It's one of those movies you're really going to want to see in the theater. Cause it's just like the landscapes, man. Like you just, oh a lot of it's like on location and it just looks so phenomenal. I'm sure it's going to transition insanely well on the big screen. And again, like obviously working in a studio, you see work on the big screen all the time because we have, you know, screening rooms so you can see any mistakes, but uh dude, it's 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 not the same when you watch it with a live audience. So, uh, it's going to be really cool. Well,
1: I'm excited, man. I really am. Like, I I uh, that's one of those things that uh Yeah, of course I'm going to go see it. You know, they go
0: see it. They go support my boy, of course. There you go. Yeah, and I may or may not be in the credits. I mean, I've been screwed by credits so often in my my career at this point that I'd be more surprised if I was in the credits (laughs) Um, at this at this point. Because there's so many artists that work on these things, and we're not unionized. And again, I'm not going to get in on that. But part of the reason why we don't get credit is because we're not unionized. So there's not someone fighting for our placement. So they only give us so many slots um, for artists so kind of a luck of the draw if you're a lesser artist like myself
1: well yeah uh give people the link to that 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 thing you sent me so they can educate themselves on the plight of the visual effects artist
0: oh god man i don't want to freaking depress people man they're gonna be like god this guy chose this career he's a freaking insane person uh yeah i'll I'll mention on the show it was hollywood's uh the greatest trick i believe i will leave it in the link dump It's a really phenomenal, uh, documentary, short documentary that was put out where they interviewed a lot of, uh, visual effects artists and kind of just explain what it is that's going on behind the scenes and why it's such a, uh, again, I love the visual effects industry. I'm, you know, applying for work right now and man, I'm applying for jobs in London right now, which might be a possibility, which would be insane to be living in, you know, England. Um, you know, I'm applying everywhere, but I love the industry. It, it afforded me a lot of travel, which is great, but you know part of the problem is contract based work, which as an actor, I'm sure you can fully understand working project a project. there's no stability in that.
1: I get it bro that's that's, that's kind of like said. A, the uh, you know last couple of years it's been all about the second. The third and fourth quarter.
0: So, speaking on that, what's going on with you, man? Like, do you have any upcoming films or TV shows episodes that are coming out this month or within this year?
1: Actually, no. You know, I I, I don't think I have anything coming out. Uh, I got a couple of movies that are in post, but there's no date on it yet. One, the one I spoke about with with Justin Long, and uh, and and there's. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, it's been like I said. It's, this last six months have been a little tough. I think it's going to ramp up. There's nothing on the books yet. There's certainly uh, a couple of things that I've been pinned for where they've called and checked my dates, which I can't speak about. But as soon as they do, I'll, I'll obviously let you know. I'm, I'm supposed Definitely to be. Am. I'm supposed to be doing this Macon Blair film with uh, Luke Wilson, and, and Macon Blair is he did that uh, he did that movie. I don't feel at home anytime. I don't feel at home in this world. Oh my anymore.
0: God. Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me about this on the phone. The, uh, yeah. God, a couple of weeks ago. I just, yeah. I just watched that. Um, yeah. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. It's on Netflix. So freaking good. Oh my God. I'm
1: supposed to be doing his second film, which, which when, and when, and if that happens, I, it, it'll be my favorite thing. I'm the, I'm so absolutely in love with the script. I mean, I, it's the best thing I've ever read and, and when, and if I get a chance to do it, it'll be the best thing I've ever been a part of. It's irreverent and, and it's funny and, and twisted. And uh, so, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I, I hope, hopefully that'll go.
0: He's one of those writer directors that man, you really need to keep an eye on. Cause he's going to explode. I mean, uh, the only other director I can think of that kind of had like that initial success like that is uh Trey Edward Schultz who famously did the film. It comes at night uh, with Joe Edgerton, which is another phenomenal film, definitely totally different vibe.
1: He's also a great actor making start in the film that his buddy, Jeremy Salmer did called um, blue ruin.
0: Yeah, you know? that is correct. Yeah. He was Dwight. I remember that? Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, man. So I don't know. It was, listen I, I i've been doing this for a number of years and uh there's always something really interesting and wild uh, around the corner
0: well and that's what keeps it fresh man my son is trying to um, pull down the uh
1: the lamp right now and the cat's on the face.
0: <laughs> he's two years old bro what'd you expect terrible twos is a real thing man i know but he's pretty cool man he's pretty outrageous um
1: Anyway, dude, so that's it, bro. You know, what
0: can I say? I love it, man. I love, I love. Adding, you know, for the listeners who've been on this journey with Ronnie and I, as these are always wonderfully long-winded episodes, but in the best possible way, the beauty in this one is we got to have, you know, a little Leo on the show a little bit in the background, you know, show what it's like to be a family man and an actor and all the wonderful, and trying to be on a podcast at the same time. Yeah, it <laughs> it's is. a wonder you have the time, man. Yeah,
1: dude, it's, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a chore.
0: <laughs> oh, I feel like he, I feel like Leo's not the chore in this situation. I feel like I'm the chore, which I'm okay with. No, I'm, I'm no. willing to accept that. I don't know. This is good. <laughs> it builds character. And I guess with that, this is the end of Episode 2 of Bonus Material. I appreciate you guys hanging in there with us. Uh, please show your support for the FR Podcast by leaving a review on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you happen to listen to this show. Be sure to follow the company's social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Revered Network to get all updates first. We look forward to seeing you next month on bonus material. And until then, enjoy this Friday's episode of Music Revere Podcast featuring Island's frontman, Nick Thorburn. Thanks for tuning in to the bonus material. You guys have a great rest of your week.